Welcome, everyone, to the Mile High Champions League weekly podcast for the preseason. I am your host, the Commish, and with me, as always, is the effervescent and ever-farting Big Nolski. How are you, big guy? Uh, ever-farting. So for some reason, they've been, ex- eh, I don't want to say extremely farty, but more <laughs> farty than usual. Maybe had some Cajun clucks and fries for dinner tonight. Feel a little extra gassy. Oh, yeah. It's the best. <laughs> the best ever. Oh, well, thank you for uh, joining us, everyone, tonight, and thank you for your uh, collective patience in getting the podcast up. As you recall, last year, Courtney and I were moving, and it was unfortunate that we weren't able to continue the podcast throughout the entire season for obvious reasons. But we are back. I have new gear. We have better recordings on a lot of different things. Noel's in charge of that, and he's doing an awesome job as usual. He's tremendous. He's the best. He's the bigliest. I love him. All right, Noel, let us dive right into everything right now. Um, I'm going to let you dictate the pace and flow of all of our conversation today because there's quite a bit going on in the league. And you wrote an amazing, amazing, like 20-page preview (laughs) on all of this stuff. So what I would like you to do is just walk us through the highlights, in your opinion, and I will certainly chime in with my own um, thoughts and stuff. Okay, so... Mike, because I just I just looked at it, it is 17 pages. It's 3,000 <laughs> words, which, as you saw what I wrote last year and the year before, where it was, what, twice as long? I tried to keep the wordage down, and I just, uh, apparently it's not possible, even though it's mostly just people's names and their positions. So I'll let you uh, inquire if you want more information, and I'm just going to try and stick to what I think is the key changes for each team. So with that being said, this is all alphabetical as well. The first team is the Arizona Cardinals, who cleaned house uh, (laughs) mid-draft, shipped their first-round quarterback, who they gave up the farm to get last year, in order, uh, basically because they drafted first overall another quarterback this year. Uh, And they they lost a really good linebacker, but that doesn't really matter too much to us. Uh, Their new head coach is a guy who coached Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, a fellow by the name of Cliff Kingsbury. And... uh, his kind of claim to fame, other than the Mahomes thing, is he once worked on Belichick's staff. And he, last year, he uh, accepted the job at uh, USC as their offensive coordinator before getting hired by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, their defensive coordinator is our good friend, Vance Joseph. So Hooray. there's that. They've got Kyler Murray as their first overall pick at quarterback, who I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of excited about. He's, I put in the uh, agenda here. The ringer described him as a pint-sized Michael Vick. He really throws the grip with great touch. He's got a good arm. He can move around. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Just throwing passes downfield constantly. Um, other than that, players, you know, I I kind of want to look at if I was drafting any these guys would be David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk. Um, I'm I'm intrigued by Kyler Murray, and then beyond that. I don't really know, and I think the defense will also be shit because Vance Joseph is uh, not a good coach. What? Yeah. Um, Mike, did you know that when he got – he spent one year as a defensive coordinator in Miami, and the defense regressed during that year? <laughs> it's almost like he's not a good coach. Yeah. yeah it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's strange like that. Um, yeah, so – Cardinals, I don't think you're going to have a lot of players you want to go with, but David Johnson should bounce back because he will be catching a lot more passes than he did last year mm-hmm. in their terrible offense. Anything you want to know more about the Cardinals, Mike, or add for that matter? No, I only really think the most fantasy relevant thing is getting rid of the quarterback um, and firing up David Johnson again because I think he's going to be a big stud this year. 
So, no, that is it for the Cardinals. Let's move on. Oh, one last thing about Larry Fitzgerald. And forgive me if you've already commented on him. I, like an idiot, accidentally closed our Google Hangout session, and I was like, oh, shit. I just left Noel to talk. Fortunately, I came in, and you were still um, discussing them. So if you did talk about that, my apologies. If not, Larry Fitzgerald is still playing in the yeah, NFL, yeah. <laughs> and I can't believe that. A lot of folks are down on him this year just because of his age, and that is a legitimate concern, but he's Larry Fitzgerald in an otherwise impotent office, o office and offense. So I would be, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm higher than I think the rest of the fantasy world is on him, but I'm also skeptical. So if, if I'm looking at anybody in Arizona, it's David Johnson, and I kind of forget the rest. So on to the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons. Uh so they don't really matters too much. They got rid of their defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. Well, I guess the offensive coordinator makes a little bit more fantasy uh, difference here because out goes Steve Sarkeesian, in comes Dirk Cutter, who was canned uh, quite, uh, and he deserved to be canned in Tampa Bay. But he did a great job coaching, uh, come on, brain. He did a great job coaching Matt Ryan in Atlanta. So that's what got the job in Tampa Bay. So he's back. So that's good news if you want to draft any uh, Falcons offensive players. Tevin Coleman's gone, which will I thought to myself when I typed that uh, Matt Larson will like that because whoever drafts, I just for some reason it's in my mind that Larson always ends up with running backs that just get hurt and he has to keep shuffling them around. Mm -hmm. Devonta Coleman, who is a stud, would get hurt and Tevin Coleman would come in like great, and Tevin Coleman would get hurt and like, what do you do? Well, he's gone, so there's that uh, on fantasy studs. Devonta Coleman. Freeman, whatever. Uh, Julio Jones, who got a contract. Calvin Ridley, who, despite starting off the season last year slow, really turned on late. Mohamed Sanu, who he's been good, but I'm worried might kind of dip off this year. And, of course, Matt Ryan, the players to watch, uh, unfortunately, because Devontae Freeman will probably get hurt. Ito Smith is the backup running back at the moment. I think the defense should get better. They've got better players, and it just feels like this defense shouldn't be that bad like they were last year. Maybe. Um, and their kicker, who I can't pronounce his name, it's Giorgio Tavecchio. Tavecchio. Uh, he hasn't caught on anywhere, but he will get opportunities to score. So there's that. And that's my, that's my entire write-up of the Atlanta Falcons. Anything for you, Mike? Nope. <laughs> I guess the uh, the only thing I would expect this year is for Matty Ice to regress. I just can't expect him to do, um, and, and to Julio Jones to some degree. I just don't see him to be anything um, extraordinary. It's, he had such an amazing year last year. So Matt Ryan um, finished highly in our league last year. I would expect him to finish lower this year. So he still could be a top five fantasy quarterback. Just please, nobody take him like, super early on i just don't i just don't see that as as relevant so moving on let's go on to our next team which alphabetically is the baltimore ravens yay uh actually this team i found myself going what the hell do you do with it when i did the write-up i didn't realize that marty morningwig their offense coordinator is gone um not that that matters a whole lot defensive players left um including Terrell Suggs, who he didn't retire. He just moved on to Arizona. And in comes running back Mark Ingram, who we'll see if he's got much left in the tank. Safety Earl Thomas doesn't matter much for us. And a guy I think we kind of want to watch, but with all rookie wide receivers, you got to be a little bit skeptical, is Antonio Brown's cousin, Marquise Brown. Um, hmm. And 
I put Mark Ingram as a fantasy stud, but I'm not entirely sure that'll be the case. Baltimore has had kind of a, they kind of feed the hot hand and it ends up being almost retread. Like, was it Alex Collins a few years ago, Mike, that just lit fire for Kenfield? Yep. And then where is he now? I have no idea. I actually was exactly. even looking at that. I was like, I don't even think he's on a roster. <laughs> um, and Lamar Jackson, I know they're trying to talk it up that they're really going to have this great, great new offense for him this season. But I basically put him more as a stud because he's going to run the ball because he is. Speaking of pint-sized Michael Vick, he's Michael Vick, but could be a better passer. And he's the same kind of size, but more electric as an athlete. Uh, and this was a weird thing to put, but their kicker. Justin Tucker, who uh, I saw last night advertised on HBO, put off an opera career for a career in the NFL. So there's that. Um, oh, yeah. Players to watch the backup running back in Baltimore, Gus Edwards, tight end Nick Boyle, Marquise Brown, wide receiver Miles Boykin, who really hasn't done much to start his career, but he is he is fast. And the defense, just because... I don't know if it's just because I got to play the Browns and the Bengals in years past and we're always like right in the middle or like top 10, but they just seem to do a good job of staying consistent as far as being, I wouldn't mind having them. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the players to avoid so much for them. And that's, that's the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I have a question for you, Noel. Uh, yes. Riddle me this. So last season, Mark Ingram with the Saints scored 222 points in our league. This season, he's projected to score... 348, <laughs> rushing for over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns, 32 receptions for 245 yards and one receiving <laughs> touchdown. The average auction value, $12. Oh. What? I, huh? <laughs> Where does that make sense to you? It does not because um, the auction value makes more sense. The projection seems like if they re- forget about last season entirely – but still put him on the same offense that he was in last year. So he's got a, you know unbelievable back face changing out with and electric offense, which he doesn't have. <laughs> he will just be basically going up the middle a lot. That'll be his role, which is why I think he'll get hurt. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills, which I think you can do in 30 seconds and go. Basically, the only player to watch here would be Cole Beasley. The running back position is a mess because they signed Frank Gore, TJ Yeldon, and uh, Shady McCoy is old and done. From there, I would avoid just about every player on this team. Damn, that was like 15 seconds. No, really well done. Okay, uh, moving on to this one's actually fantasy relevant, the Carolina Panthers. Yes. Uh, so they cleaned house defensively, basically. Uh, one of their best linebackers for years, but not the best. Thomas Davis is gone. Julius Peppers, their defensive end is gone. Devin Funches, who had a horrible year last year, is gone. Uh, their centerpiece of their offensive line retired, but then came back and is now playing the Jets. They signed former Broncos center Matt Parody, bastards. And Chris Hogan, wide receiver, Gerald McCoy, who got released by Tampa Bay. Uh, where I think you're kind of more interested here, Mike, is Cam Newton is returning for his, what, second shoulder surgery in as many years? Maybe. Yeah, not good. And last season, he just could not throw the ball more than 20 yards because his shoulder was that fucked up. And as we saw with Andrew Luck a couple of years ago, shoulders don't heal all that well. So if he can, if he's really back... He's claimed that he's changed his throwing motion. He should be back to what he was maybe the season before last. But the problem I'm always running into with (laughs) the Panthers is 
they really don't give him much in the way of weapons. He's got himself, and he'll run and get you yards and touchdowns that way. He's got Christian McCaffrey, who will get him throw the ball on screens. He's got Greg Olson, who just, I don't know how he's still in the league, but he's still their best receiver. And then from there, they've got a bunch of great athletes in the wide receiver core, but can never really do shit. So really that leaves, what, three players that you are looking at getting. And Greg Olson, you're, you're being very cautious with. Defensively, they should be better because Ron Rivera is good, and the defense usually does, they outperform what, where they should be at. But think of the offenses in this division alone, and that leaves you with uh, kind of your next best fantasy player would be their kicker, Graham Gano. And from there, that's all we have for the Carolina Pantharios. So, Mike, from there, or I guess would you like to know any more about the Carolina Panthers? I would not like to know more. I think you covered them quite well, good sir. Let us move on to the Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubinsky, or Trubisky as his real name is. That's true. Uh, this team perplexes me because I don't really trust really anyone on the offense because last year, I don't know if it was an, an aberration or whatnot, but uh, going to this year, their kind of main pound the rock back, Jared, Jared Jordan Howard is gone. Um, a bunch of other players that we don't really care about too much are gone. However, uh, if any of you have been paying attention, I don't know if you have, Mike, Chicago has become a hellscape for kickers because... They make each kicker who's coming on to try to be on the team recreate the same kick that was missed in their playoff game. And if they miss it, they get fired. Jeez, that's and rough. that's a great way to basically alienate first your kickers, but then the rest of the roster starts going, well, what if I fuck up too? Which is a great question. Uh, from there, I guess we'll go to the fantasy studs, which would be the defense. I know that uh, oh, I forgot his name already. What's the new Broncos coach name, Mike? Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio. I know he is gone and coached that unit for the last two years in, in Chicago, but this is going to sound silly, but hear me out. Chuck Pagano is the new defensive coordinator in Chicago, and he is a very good defensive coach. I think he's actually a better coach than we get credit for because Ryan Grigson was a horrible general manager in Indianapolis. So, I don't see why this, this defense would get worse. I don't know if they'll get better, but they've got two solid pass rushers. One who's like a generational talent, Khalil Mack. I like that. Plus, as it pains me to say this, and I'm sorry, Courtney, I'm in the same boat. I think this division is down this year mm -hmm. because I think the Lions will get even worse. The Packers will not be, even if they win more, will be statistically kind of bland. And I fear that the Vikings are also going to be more like they were last year. Uh, and I, He was great for me down the stretch last year, but I don't know if I'd necessarily put Tariq Cohen as a fantasy stud because he'll have some monster games because he returns kicks and punts, but then he'll kind of disappear when they kind of cover him up because he's fairly diminutive. Um, and Mitch Trubisky I put in this category as well with the, uh, Mike, you probably see it here, his famous tweet, the I love to kiss titties. Um, <laughs> Oh, Mitch, what are you thinking? He was really good sometimes when he was in the lineup last year, sometimes not so good, other times hurt. So I don't know what to make of that, but I think he'll get you some points. Uh, players to watch, however, are Taylor Gabriel, who had some great times last year, basically when Trubisky was in the lineup and when the passing game was clicking. So if that can keep going, check it out. 
Uh, running backs not named Tariq Cohen because someone's going to run the ball between tackles a lot. It's not going to be Cohen. Mm-hmm. And I forgot his name already. The tight end there who someone in our league drafted very high last year, which is odd, but he puts up some good – he's a Philly special guy. Put up some good numbers but kind of disappeared other times. And as you may have guessed, Mike, my players to avoid, and I included a link, are all of the Bears kickers because they are going to just be – just complete basket cases this year. Yeah, I would be too if that was like, ugh, that's just hell. I sent that link to Kenfield, and he goes, yeah, it's a horrible way to lead. <laughs> like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, I would take uh, Kenfield's word for it. He's a military leader. Yeah, yeah, top he's notch. pretty good at it. I would say so. All right, well, that is a good analysis of the uh, Chicago Bears, and who doesn't love to kiss titties? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. All right, let's go on to the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think there's a ton here that we're going to look for, except no. for the classic Joe Mixon, uh, A.J. Green. Um, Who dope. might be in trouble. I was going to say, there seems to be something going on in Cincy. Maybe there's something in the water. I don't know. I was listening to some other fantasy gurus, and they were saying that Tyler Eifert has, and you notice this, dog by terrible injuries in your report here. He's had like the potential to have 80 starts and yeah. has only over five seasons only played in like 43 of those games only like 14 in the last three seasons. So what, what let me put it this way, who in the MHCL should target any, if any of the, uh, the, the players in Cincinnati running back Joe Mixon, because he'll get plenty okay. of touches. That's the only guy because AJ green, I think will all be kind of someone will take a risk on. It might be good, might be bad, but He's always he's this close to being done, and an ankle is a pretty bad thing. Also, this I'm guessing this is the last year for the Red Rifle. Probably, probably he's old enough that he'll probably move somewhere else. And I agree with you because I think that's all we can say, and all we really need to say, um, besides avoiding the defense there in Cincy. Because I want to talk a little bit more about our next team. <laughs> Me <because> too. <laughs> holy shit! What they've gotten so much flow in and out here, especially on the in that they may not be the worst team in the NFL anymore. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. They won't be, well, to my mind, even if they underachieve, they won't be the worst team in their own division. That goes to the Bengals. I'm fairly certain of that. So they cleaned house. Um, the start of the season, basically, they got rid of Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley because those guys were fighting with each other. Greg Williams, who was the interim head coach, is also gone. In comes Freddie Kitchens who is already talking a big game about how uh, if any coach is an anonymous source to the media, he'll fire them because a former coach that he fired who went to the media to criticize him directly and gave his name, he's mad at him. But in comes Freddie Kitchens with uh, Tampa Bay's offensive coordinator from last year, Todd Munkin, so cool, uh, fired Arizona Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes as the new defensive coordinator. And Mike, this is where you're really, I think, uh, you're, what you're interested in. In comes Odell Beckham Jr. by way of trade. Kareem Hunt was signed last year after he was released by the Chiefs. Trade for Olivia Vernon, who's a defensive end from the Giants. Signed Sheldon Richardson, who's been kind of, he hasn't really achieved his full potential, but he's going to be a good defensive lineman. Um, and from there, they've got second-year player Baker Mayfield, who last year did pretty good when he came in. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Beckham's uh, teammate at LSU, who is kind of like a 
he's just not as electric, but he's still amazing wide receiver like Beckham. Nick Chubb, who was great for me down the stretch last year, running back. David Njoku, who's catching on his tight end. And the defense, which should be good. But Mike, here's where we come into problems. Because whenever this happens for Cleveland, everything goes to shit. <laughs> and there's no way <laughs> that with all of this talent, everything's going to work out for everybody. Moreover, there's no way it's going to work out for the Browns. But Mike, what are your thoughts here? Uh, you, I think, nailed everything I was going to say. I can't believe all of the people they have here. Looking at them on just paper, if you just showed me this lineup and said, what team is this? I'd be like, oh, my God, I don't know, Dallas Cowboys? Like, it looks pretty good. I can't believe it's the Cleveland Browns. I actually think they might even be able to scrape together, like, four wins this season. So it's going to be – you might actually have fantasy-relevant players on the Cleveland Browns. I actually think Baker Mayfield's floor is probably variable, but I think his ceiling is fairly high this year, but it's going to be inconsistent where he's going to have monster games with ODB and Jarvis Landry there, but then there's going to be times like um, it's just going to be Baker Mayfield, who's just not exactly polished enough yet to be – you know, consistent starter like uh, an Aaron Rodgers type, where all that's kind of a, unfair to him. He's an amazing quarterback, but you get the point. Like, yes. he's just not. He's he, he's I think above average, but he's not there yet. Like, he should be above average. He's just not there. So this is a I think a going to be quite frankly a good team. Um, I'm I'm actually fascinated by the Cleveland Browns, and I I kind of want to draft some of these guys. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. But I'm really interested in seeing what happens with them this year. They're going to be a fun team to watch. Now let's go down south where Ezekiel Elliott and company play. <laughs> talk about uh, well maybe not Ezekiel Elliott. Let's talk He's about in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Yes. So following last season's, uh, they kind of turned it around a little bit, but not. Good enough to the point where they were able to keep their offensive coordinator, who they fired. Um, Cole Beasley, who I want to say, might correct me here if I'm wrong, drove Vanessa insane mm -hmm. because he would get tons of catches some games and disappear. Also, I think he has like two 100-yard games in his career. So that That's, you know, they're not going to miss that too much. So they've got a new offensive coordinator who was Romo's backup, Kellen Moore, who no one knows how he was a QB in the NFL ever. Jason Witten has unretired to rejoin this bunch. Hey. Ezekiel Elliott, who uh, Stephen Jones, Terry Jones' son, as early as last May said was the player that stirs our offensive drink, is now at war with the team because they are basically refusing to actually negotiate with him. But Amari Cooper really turned around last year after uh, being shat on repeatedly by John Gruden, which we'll get to later. And the defense, surprisingly enough, this defense is really good and should get better. So uh, those are the studs really there. Players to watch, whoever is Elliott's backup, because they don't want to pay him, and they really want to make sure that they still run the ball. So they're going to try and basically shame Elliott into coming back or make him look bad for not taking their low ball offer. Witten, who I know he's old, but he's got a year of rest and... He's a, you know, he's a blanket. He's a safety guy. He's there. Um, and whoever really takes over for Cole Beasley, I've got to say, though, I don't know about you, Mike. I'm not a big Dak Prescott guy. He can't really, to me, doesn't throw the ball all that well. When he does, it's because his receivers are doing a lot after the catch. His kind of upside is he'll get 
runs into the end zone, which seems to get the most points. Would you agree with me on that, or is what's your take on old Dak? Oh, no, I agree with you there. I think he's definitely a uh, starter-worthy quarterback, to your point, because he finished number 12 last year. Um, so it's hard to make the argument that he's not good. Um, but, you know, he, I think he you're absolutely right. He has the backdrop to make him successful. You could put a Tom Brady anywhere and he'll be good. You can't put a Dak Prescott in Miami and get the same exact results that you would get in Dallas. So I think that you're absolutely right. It, he's, a, he's dependent upon the actors around him, but because he has those tools there, assuming Ezekiel plays with him, he should be able to be good. I would expect him to regress out of the top 12 this year. So if he plays, I would think he'd be a good um, backup or streamer on a week-to-week basis. But I, I, me personally, I have a little reticence about making him my number one quarterback. So let's hop on to the next team <laughs> moving away from Dallas because I, I think you nailed everything, all the high points there, to that other team that we love so much, the Denver Broncos. Oh, Noel, let's talk about our uh, 16-0 and team here. So you know how we're like both going, what are the Browns going to be? Because they've got so many pieces. I found mm-hmm. myself going the same way with the Broncos, except with the whole no pieces part. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. like the coaching staff they've brought in so far. Vance Joseph is gone. They just got rid of everybody, really. And I, <laughs> I say this as someone who did not live in Denver to witness his play. I think Case Keenum was not as bad as he was given credit for because I think the offense was just, they, they signed a guy that he has limitations and then asked him to do things that were beyond those limitations. Uh, but and this is where it's weird. I think they have some good coaches in place. Vic Fangio. I don't know as, how he is as far as a head coach, but the defense will get better. They'll get back to harassing quarterbacks like they did before. Ed Donatel, who was his, I think secondary coach in Chicago is with him. The offensive coordinator, I'm not as sure about because he's kind of a uh, Kyle Shanahan acolyte, if you will. But the offensive line coach, Mike Munchak, who was a terrible, not nah, terrible, he was a mediocre coach filling in for a mediocre coach uh, in Tennessee, in Jeff Fisher, is a fantastic offensive line coach. He's the one that really turned around a abysmal Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. But what's behind them? Would you? Uh, what, what do you think's behind them, Mike? Anything good? Uh, no, no. Yeah, um, there's Philip Lindsay, and there's everybody else. Yeah, there's uh, uh, just to back them up, Royce Freeman, who might see the turf a couple times this year. Yeah, Theo Riddick, remember him? Remember Theo? Yeah, from Detroit. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna play maybe. Um, yeah, I, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, I think is the only thing that we got. Let me, let me. Re- let me take it one step. There is one. I have one speculative upside play here. Joey Falco used to be really in sync with his tight ends. So I think, and granted he's a rookie, I think there might be some connections between Joey and Noah. It might be hard because he is a rookie and Joey's so old, he might break a leg just walking out of the field. But I think there is the possibility for some synergy between Joe Flacco synergy. and Noah Font because – of the way that he's utilized his uh, tight ends in the past. So um, will that be something we'll see this year? I hope so, because I love the Denver Broncos, but I am not – this is going to be a rebuilding year, let's call it. Oh, um, yes. In, in a polite way. 
So draft Broncos with care. Even Emmanuel Sanders, I would draft with care. Um, Philip Lindsay is really the only guy I would really be actively going after because he's such a unique talent. He's like a smaller, more explosive version of Christian McCaffrey, which is kind of saying something because Christian McCaffrey could easily be the number one running back this year, especially in the PPR league like we have. So I'm, I don't think, let me, let me phrase that more perfectly. I don't think Philip Lindsay is as good as Christian McCaffrey, not even close. But because of his size, people don't know where he is. And so they're like, oh, shit. Oh, there he goes. He's in the end zone. Yep. Fuck. Ah, well, there's seven points against us. So I like, I like him a lot, but I don't like most of the Broncos, unfortunately. So I'm going to be cheering as a Broncos fan, but not as a fantasy fan. I don't think there's a lot to love on this roster here. So Same. let's uh, go up to the Detroit Lions. Speaking of Theo, let's talk about them for a bit. Is there anybody to <laughs> – I think this we can do this like the um, Cincy um, or, no, the oh. Buffalo Bills. Uh, 30 seconds, Noel. Is there anybody fantasy relevant on the Lions? Go. So they brought in tight end Jesse James from Pittsburgh, who they want to make the tight end a thing. So watch for him. Watch for first-round pick TJ Hawkinson from Iowa. Uh, from there, I am very low on this team. They changed offensive coordinators, but who cares? Uh, I can get into it longer, but I really think that Patricia is a bad coach. From there, the defense might be better, but this team is middling at best. So that's my take. Okay. Well, I think that's uh, that's all we need to talk about there. Let's go on to the next team, the Green Bay Packers. There seems to be some uh, potentially good players here. Let's talk. <laughs> This is the same thing as me with the Broncos, maybe because I'm a Packers fan. But I'm actually less high on the coaching staff, other than defensive coordinator uh, Mike Pettin, who was a very, very good defensive coach when he was the head co- head coach of Buffalo. Or the, it's not head coach, excuse me. He was the defensive coordinator of Buffalo, went to Cleveland, and Cleveland. Um, and their new oh. offensive coordinator is... Peter LaFleur, Matt LaFleur. <laughs> so I don't know. He's of, uh, you might guess it, Mike, Sean McVay fame. He coached oh. with him. But I think that'll bode well for fantasy owners who have Aaron Rodgers because it'll be a lot more play action. Fantasy owners who draft Aaron Jones because he'll get a lot more touches because he's not, well, he's not being coached by Mike McCarthy who for no reason sat him. And Devontae Adams is just Aaron Rodgers' favorite receiver. From there, Jimmy Graham has to not be terrible for once in, like, a decade, right? Maybe. Um, Maybe. The backup wide receivers, Geronimo Allison, who had some big games. Maybe. Equiminius St. Brown is a guy who is another guy. And the defense, I put this on my thing here. This might be wishful thinking on my part. The defense made strides last year under Pettin. I put on Pettin. Weird. And with an improved cast, they should keep improving. And that's the Boom. Packers. <laughs> and there you go. There you go with your Packers. Um, and I would trust Noel. He's a Packers fan. Let's go to the opposite side of the country. The Houston Texans um, might have some good players here. What do you think? I think the only really fantasy relevant things here would be DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson, another year together. Lamar Miller, who I know he drove me nuts when I had him. I think he drove had him last year nuts. But he is consistent. The defense, I don't know how they do it, but even with crappy players in the secondary, they do a good job. 
So even though Clowney is refusing to sign his franchise tender, which is bullshit because uh, they're trying to tender him as a linebacker instead of a defensive end, even though he played like 90% of his snaps as a defensive end, they won't miss him too much. J.J. Watt hopefully is back. My player that I'm always perplexed about with the Texans is Will Fuller because he can fill it up so fast, then drop a bunch of passes or fall face to the earth because he gets hurt. Uh, and Mikey Sott, my main question is, will this be the year a tight end finally emerges as a focal point of the Houston offense since uh, Owen Daniels was there, and that's under the Kubiak days? That's my Houston Texans. I don't know. Jordan Thomas is also backed up by Jordan Atkins. So they need more Jordans. They need more Jordans. Maybe it's the year of the Jordan. <laughs> if you believe in Jordans, folks, Texas, that's Texas. your team. Okay, let's move on to the next team here, which alphabetically would be the Indianapolis Colts. Anything here? Should we look at Andrew Luck? Is he even worth noting anymore? He, no one knows when he's going to play in the preseason, but I would look at Andrew Luck. I'd look at T.Y. Hilton. I'd look at Marlon Mack. I'd look at the defense because this division is such crap. I'd look at both tight ends, and I would look at rookie Paris Campbell because, I, Mike, you know how much I like guys who are super fast, even if they're rookies, and that's Paris Campbell. Other than that, actually, I should, I should include this. Even though he's old... Adam Benateri is still their kicker, and he's still consistent. That's basically it. So for those of you out there, Adam Benateri is 46 years old, 46. And considering Noel is our oldest player in the league <laughs> by as, at age 56, that's actually not true. Vanessa's the oldest. But, you know, we, we like to make fun of Noel because he was the oldest in our, our 2002 Arapahoe High School class. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on with the analysis of the Colts here. Uh, I'd like to see. I'm like I like Andrew Luck a lot. He's I think he's got a rough shake because they were saying he's you know the next Peyton Manning, which is obviously why they drafted him. He's a generational um, talent, but he also played for Ryan Griggs. So yes, and so he's been just his body has been destroyed. If you were to like put his body in a CT machine, they're going to say, "Wow, this is an interesting 50 year old's body. What happened to him? Was he?" Like dropped off a building several times. Like, no, that's 20-something-year-old Andrew Luck. He just has been murdered because he's had no offensive line. Okay, let's go down to Jacksonville, Noel. Um, what? <laughs> Who? Why? Should we even talk about them? I mean, besides Leonard Fournette, is there anybody we should seriously be talking about? This is a team that would be a fantastic target for some Scheudenfruit if, no, if anyone actually cared about them because there's – they're going to be mediocre, but in such a terrible way. But there aren't really any Jacksonville fans. So Bortles is gone. Um, so there's that. They brought in... You saw this, Mike. Big Dick Nick Foles, because uh, that's what Philadelphia fans refer to him as. Why? Well, they a weird thing. Because he led them to the Super Bowl. So he obviously has a big dick, apparently. Um, <laughs> offensive coordinator... John Filippo, who was unceremoniously and probably rightly so run out of Minnesota last year, which this is why it's a weird pairing. They brought him in with Nick Foles because Nick Foles worked with him in Philadelphia. However, this is a team that is run by Tom Coughlin, Ugh. who is a run-the-ball-first football, old-school kind of weirdo, and coached by Doug Marone, who is not as weird, but... 
basically just bland as fuck. And so they bring in a guy that last year was fired for not running the ball enough because he works with their new quarterback. Also, their star running back, who they dragged through the mud last year, who was a run-first running back, but, you know, mind-blown. This is why it's kind of some Scheudenfruit stuff, because the defense is pretty good, and they've got some pieces here. I just think they're going to be an incredibly bad 7-9 and nine somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it, but fantasy-wise, I don't really trust them, either than maybe the defense, the punter, or Leonard Fournette. That's just me. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's spot on, I think. I'm just surprised Tom Coughlin's still in the NFL, but that's that's my personal opinion. He I thought after the, the Giants would be done. head coach of the Jaguars and took him to the playoffs like, like the first time, maybe only time ever. So they brought him back as a like, hmm, we missed the mark because he's won two Super Bowls. Oh, turns out uh, he's a good coach, but maybe not a good executive. <laughs> Weird. Weird. Maybe that's why New York Giants let him go. Okay. Well, let's move uh, to an AFC West rival we have here, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that you have potentially two number one players here and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Is there anybody else fantasy relevant we should be looking at here? I was saying they're like next up running back, which was like Damian Williams, but apparently he hasn't been impressing. Carlos Hyde has looked good, but Carlos Hyde can't really stay healthy. Plus, he's not really a receiving back. So I would say not really. I mean, take a look at uh, their receivers and see who kind of starts catching passes from Mahomes. But no, I, I think that's really uh, – well, Tyreek Hill is, is back. He's somehow he, not so suspended. Not, he's not suspended. For now. I don't know how. Um, okay. But take that at your own moral uh, – However, you can deal with it. It's uh, awful. But kicker, Harrison Buttlicker, will give you <laughs> lots of points. So I know it's weird to have his fantasy stud being a kicker, but if, if there is one, he's one of them. That's kind of my, uh, yeah. I think the defense will be better, but this this team is offense, and it'll be good. But I think, as you said, Mike, it'll be very concentrated as far as fantasy. Got it. So... Potentially high fantasy upside here. Moral hazard with Tyreek Hill. And <laughs> <laughs> you love Harrison Butler. All right, I do. <laughs> move to another actual uh, AFC West team, the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, gone Antonio Gates. Where did he go? I don't really know, actually, Mike. I just know he's not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what happens to me. Um, well, according to Google, he is... Um, did he resign yet? It's kind of how this usually works. His spouse is Sasha Dindial, married in 2011. Okay. I don't know anything about his football, though. <laughs> I think he'll come back because they're, they're whatever. It's the Chargers. He's 39, and you know what? He still did pretty well last year, he so did. I wouldn't be surprised. And they re-signed if, him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's yeah for uh, 39 for a tight end is, is impressive because it's such a physical position. But he did pretty well. He got 333 yards and two touchdowns, which isn't great. But for his age, that's yeah. pretty darn good. That's not like the last place tight end. So um, I think the big thing here is Melvin Gordon. Indeed. Philip Rivers you could clearly take because he's just consistent Philip Rivers. Keenan oh, Allen is great. Hunter Henry is actually kind of a sneaky type guy. Mm -hmm. But the real stud on this team is Melvin Gordon, who is currently holding out. Now – a lot of times in the past, we thought, all right, holdouts, teams with a 
an amazing talent like a Melvin Gordon or I don't know, like a Le'Veon Bell would pay him because they want to have him uh, stay on the team. We saw last year, I don't even remember who drafted Le'Veon Bell last year, that they <laughs> will, if they don't want to pay yep. the guy, they will not pay him. And so what do you, let, let's talk about who we, who we think we should draft. So I think that you could make the argument that uh, you could draft, I think clearly Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, um, quarterback Philip Rivers and and Hunter Henry Hunter Henry maybe if you don't get a top tier um, tight end but what about what about Melvin Gordon should people take the risk I would even though I want to hedge that because as I said Dallas wants to really fuck over Ezekiel Elliott but the Chargers are even cheaper they've got an ownership group which is insanely cheap that's why they moved uh. Their owner gives the autobiography of his dad to each new player who brags about being cheap. And their head, sorry, head coach, their GM is known for fighting with players. So for those of you who don't know, um, Joey Bosa, not Nick Bosa, both defensive ends, brothers, both went to Ohio State. And uh, fun fact, are both descendants of the reputed head of the Chicago Crime Syndicate. <laughs> um, the Chargers engaged in a stupid contract dispute with him because basically they did not want to pay him his signing bonus on time and they also wanted offset language which it used to be a choice you got one or the other they wanted both and they lost four games with him lost him being in four games that is because they would not basically abide by the terms of the collective bargaining agreement so I would, that being said, I would take a flyer on Melvin Gordon up to a certain point because even though last year they did some decent work when Gordon was out with running back by committee, when Gordon is in, this team is on. And mm -hmm. Phillip Rivers is a fantastic game manager. He's, well, he's older than Ben Roethlisberger, right? They were drafting the same year, but I believe he's actually older. He's got, uh, he's got the most kids in the league by far, second <laughs> to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, so yeah, I, I would take a flyer up to a certain point, but you're right, Mike, don't go nuts and spend a ton of money because he might hold out because he doesn't want to get worn down. Also, the chargers might not give him anything because their management is so goddamn cheap. Got it. Um, just for the record, um, two things. Number one, Philip Rivers was born December 8th, 1981. He's 37 years old. Roethlisberger was born March 2nd, 1982. So he is a little bit older than good Ben. Now, if you're an idiot and you type in Ben Rivers, you don't get either quarterback. You get an experimental artistic filmmaker based in London, age 47 years old. Google him if you dare. Anyways, moving on to the next team here, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, we have – I know they had Jared Goffnell, but what about Blake Bortles? He's in. He's their back quarterback. <laughs> he passed over other teams where he maybe will start to go to the Rams, so there's that. But we'll never hear from him again, so bye, Blake. Um, this is another team where I'm like, I don't know how to feel about it because Todd Gurley – actually is the player that makes his offense go, but the reports are kind of disturbing as to whether or not he's hurt, how fucked up he got last year. But from there, the defense is really, really good. Damian Broncos for letting Wade Phillips walk. 
Jared Goff might be headed for a slight regression. We'll see what uh, Sean McVay can do with his gum chewing. Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods should put up some big numbers but not be super consistent. I was actually surprised to see that some fantasy sites did not rate Greg Zerline, Greg the Leg, as high as I would have thought for fantasy. Uh, their punter is the punter to have for whatever reason when it comes to fantasy. Uh, I know he was their guy last year, Gerald Everett at tight end, but I feel like there's got to be somebody else. Cooper Cup is the uh, great white hope who's back from being hurt. And so I, I, I'd watch him, but he, I don't know. He, Mike, you probably agree with this. He's kind of, even when he was healthy, he was sort of flashy, where mm-hmm. it'd be like, hey, this is a great game. Hey, where'd it go? Um, and from there, as it always happens with, with our last team, if you've got a dominant running back who is hurt or gone, watch to see who fills his spot. And that's really my, uh, my Rams thing. What about you, Mike? I think that's a great uh, analysis of them. The one thing that kind of got me um, curious about them was two things. Donkey Kong is gone, which I think is going to um, impact their defense, obviously. They think they're still going to be good because they were awesome last year. But he is he's a dominant player. He's a jerk, but he's a dominant player. <laughs> um, now, to off-balance that, or counterbalance that is the more frequently used term, Clay Matthews, gone from the Packers, to the Rams. I'd never thought they'd give him up. I thought he was kind of an icon in the NFL between all the various commercials and him and Packers gear. I mean, it, it, that to me was a surprising move. But, you know, the Rams are playing to win. They don't want to be the St. Louis Rams. They want to be the Los Angeles Rams. And that's a different team. Under Sean McVay, they want to be known as a winning team, not this kind of joke in the NFL. So I think um, I think they're going to be pretty good. They're probably going to make another run at the playoffs, maybe even the Super Bowl again. So let's go uh, making it through halfway through the list here. Let's pick up the pace. Let's go with because <laughs> uh, there's nobody really <laughs> relevant here. Anybody on Miami? Noel, thirty seconds. Go. No, <laughs> just no. Okay, As moving I on. Said, <laughs> this is going to be a rough season for the Finns. I stand by that. This no, <laughs> like it's gonna be bad. Yes, I I know. There's nobody there that's really worth it. There, there's maybe Kenyon Drake to your point here, but even then, I mean, he's. Just not consistent. So he's almost a flyer. He's a flyer, in my opinion. He's not almost. Yeah. He's a flyer. Let's go up north. Minnesota Vikings. Who would you pick here? Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. I'd pick Kirk Cousins again, even though I had him last year and he was not as expected. Uh, Stefan Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, even though he's got some uh, competition there. I'm worried that the defense is not going to be as good. Um, speaking of Kyle Rudolph's uh, newfound friend and frenemy, Irv Smith from Alabama, I'd watch for that. I would, again, back to the whole kickers thing, Mike Zimmer hates kickers. Avoid kickers in Minnesota. That's it. Roger that, and I agree with you. Kirk Cousins actually finished the number 10 quarterback in our league last year. He beat out players such as Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, Phillip Rivers, and Tom Brady. So it wasn't a a bad pick on your part, Noel. He was just kind of an under-the-radar type guy. He's win games. He, yeah, he's uh, he's mediocre. He's just a mediocre guy. That's old Kurt there. Old <laughs> Atomic Kurt. Okay. You like uh, that? <laughs> oh, he's so juvenile. I'm glad he's not playing here. Anyway, especially because they paid him a fortune, but that's a different story. New Orleans Saints. As we talked about, Mark Ingram is gone. In is Jared Cook and Latavius Murray. Who should we look at here? I think the obvious pick, uh, threefold. Actually, fourfold. 
the ones you have here under your fantasy studs category, Michael Thomas, who was an absolute beast for me last year. Decided he Alvin, contract. Yeah, well, and here, okay. So the caveat to that is he signed an extended contract, which we've seen that with DT when he was playing here with the Broncos. We've seen it with other uh, Des Bryant in the past. Once they get paid, they typically regress hard. And the fact that Michael Thomas was the number eight wide receiver this year, I'm going to make a bold prediction that he's going to fall out of the top 10. He'll probably still be like top 15, so it's not going to suck to have him because he's got Drew Brees slinging the ball at him. But I don't think he's going to be the type of dude that he was last year. I think now that he's got paid, he's going to want to protect himself because he's got all this money now, and he's not going to want to put himself out there to get a big contract like he did last year. So Michael Thomas I still think is a great player, but – for sure. I think he, you'll probably be able to find a little bit better values out there because I think he'll be bit up because of his stats from last year. Alvin Kamara, though, amazing player last year. I think his stock is going up this year just because he doesn't have Ingram there to post some of Agreed. his stuff. He was the number five running back last year, 40.6 points on average per game. That is ridiculous. He has actually the most – he's the number five um, scoring Tight end last year overall, um, but he was the on average best um, for 40.6 points. It's ridiculous. So <laughs> Alvin Kamara clearly is a top, you can make a tar argument, top three running oh, yeah. back this year. Between him and Saquon Barkley, I think it's going to be one of those two probably. Uh, let me just say this him, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, those are my top three. I think one of them will finish in the top this year. Rounding out the top two are. Uh, one's a household name, one should be a household name. Drew Brees obviously makes a lot of sense to own because he's still Drew Brees. He's older, but he's still accurate as hell. Uh, and then Will Lutz was a incredible sleeper kicker. I normally stream my kickers last year, but Will Lutz was amazing. He was number three last year overall, uh, scoring 140 points, getting about nine points per game, which from a kicker, hey, that's not bad. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the Saints for those players. Is there anybody else, Noel, you think is good to pick up? Jared Cook had a surprisingly good year last year for a terrible Raiders team. So he's in at tight end, and Benjamin Watson, who was the most recent Drew Brees target at tight end, is out. So I like that, too. But, yeah, totally. Okay, let's move down to our down. Let's go up, if you're looking at a map, to the New England Patriots, where they've lost some big players this year, but they've also got a few interesting ones like DT and Benjamin Watson. Who here on the Patriots would you pick? I hate the Patriots because, just from a fantasy standpoint, who knows what Belichick's going to do? Tom Brady will probably break your heart if you spend some money on him because he's just going to be consistent. He's what? Is he 40 now or 41? 41, I believe. Google says he is 42. Oh, okay. His birthday is August 3rd. <laughs> Happy birthday, Tommy. Happy birthday. Uh, so there's that. Running back-wise, I think right now, Sony Michelle is the guy, but that can change with anything. And what really drives me nuts with all Patriots teams is who do you pick as far as a pass catcher goes? They have an electric player in... McKeel Harry at wide receiver, who's a rookie uh, from Old Miss. Lance Kendricks, who has had up and down years, has different teams at tight end. Demarius Thomas and his wings are in uh, New England. <laughs> Benjamin Watson is back with this team after being gone for, I feel like, a decade. Uh, so really, to your point, Mike, I would 
mainly be up on who is their starting running back. Tom Brady, if I just want consistency, well, maybe later consistency. He starts off the year slow now. Um, Steven Gostkowski, their kicker is consistent as fuck. Their punter is somehow one of the best punters, especially with us, in fantasy. Um, the defense is, again, I don't know how they do it. The defense is consistently mediocre. And that's nothing to shake a stick at. So from there, I don't know. I think a tight end has to emerge. But this team drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, plus they're the Patriots, which they're they're easy to hate. So True. Very good. Okay, let's move to cool. the Giants. I think we've got some uh, big moves this uh, year. Losing uh, Odell Beckham to the Browns, we were talking about. But they've got Golden Taint in. Is there anybody you. here? Well, I mean, yes, there's obviously somebody here with Saquon Barkley. But anybody else you would pick up? Tight end Evan Ingram is a guy who I actually forgot about until last night. I was like, Wait, that's their tight end. Golden Tate will probably get some touches. Sterling Shepard is iffy to start the season, so that's fun for everybody. I would, if you don't have Saquon Barley, Barley, we did this last season too, Mike. Saquon Barkley, I would probably avoid picking up a Lions. What the hell's wrong with me? Giants player, other than Barkley and England. Agreed. Agreed. Defense will be crap. Uh, I had to look uh, just because I wasn't sure. Eli Manning is still their quarterback. Yep. Now, here's an interesting thing. ESPN ranks you know all the players from one to whatever. Um, Eli is ranked 267th overall, which in a standard ESPN league would mean he's going in the 27th round, which is not a thing. Uh, to your point, Noel, earlier about Greg Zerline being ranked, Greg Zerline, 151. So he's <laughs> what ESPN is saying is, you should absolutely draft Greg Zerline in the 16th round and completely avoid Eli Manning. Like, don't even, don't even see him on the street. He should ask for your autograph, not even vice versa. So, I agree with you completely. Let's go to the other New York team, the Jets. <laughs> They've got some big players coming in with Le'Veon Bell. Um, who should we look at here? Le'Veon Bell, obviously first and foremost. Um, Sam Darnold, you hope, uh, will make some progress here. Robbie Anderson came out of nowhere last year. He had a great year. Other than that, maybe Quincy Anunwa, uh, the defense, which is coached by uh, Greg Williams, should be better. And he's, he's got some more tools here. But remember, this is also the new Adam Gase team. So it's not going to really be doing a lot of blowing you out of the water. It's going to be a lot of let's manage the game and keep it close and also get blown out for the time. But... Uh, that's, that's, I also, oh, sorry. Their punter should be ranked high because last year in Miami, Gase liked to punt the ball a lot. Got it. Okay. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's go to oh, the West gosh. Coast. With, <laughs> this uh, is... <laughs> yeah, this was a, this was a tough one to read and I just Googled something and I was very confused. So first let's talk about the Raiders. I think we've got some, <laughs> some big departures in, I mean, big ish Lynch yeah. and Jordy Nelson and Jared Cook. And Richie Incognito, because he's hilarious. Um, I just tried to search Jordy Nelson to figure out where he went. What I typed was Jody Nelson, and the very first thing you get is breaking news, Jody Nelson gets 25-year sentence. I'm like, holy shit, for him. You do? Oh, my God. <laughs> nah, some sort of guy with like, a financial crime or some shit like that, so... Anyways, Jordy Nelson, who was the stud in um, Green Bay a long time ago, um, 
is actually back with Green Bay, is he not? He signed for one day to retire. There you go. Okay, as he should, because he was a stud there, and he deserves that. I'm very glad they did that, like we did with uh, Elam so many years oh, ago. That, that, I that put Richie Hutchinson, it was gone. He's not gone, he's in. Same with Nathan Peterman. Fuck. I was oh, too no. excited. Well, okay, <laughs> so I didn't check on that, but I'm glad you did, because that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? it I does. mean, you've got John Gruden coaching the Oakland Raiders, which is a pun in the, or the uh, punchline even of itself. Then you bring in racist Richie Incognito, <laughs> and why is he in the NFL, Nathan Peterman? No so, okay, that – okay. Let's actually talk about fantasy, guys. Clearly not Nathan Peterman. <laughs> Antonio Brown is now with the Oakland Raiders. Or is he? he, he well <laughs> – I, I don't know. Gruden's like, he's probably healthy, and his like head is rolling off in the he distance. He has frostbite on his feet. <laughs> is that what he has? Yeah. He used a, I don't know what they call it, cryo-freezer, the thing where you can just freeze your body. But uh-huh. you're supposed to wear booties in there, and he did not. So he's got frostbite on the soles of his feet. Ouch. And he's supposed to run a lot, as far as I can tell a wide receiver's yeah. job is. Okay. So... Antonio Brown is probably not going to be the Antonio Brown that we're used to with a Hall of Famer quarterback throwing. I mean, whether you like or dislike Ben Roethlisberger, I think you're going to have to face the fact he is eventually going to be in the Hall of Fame. He was throwing the rock to Antonio Brown, and he had a hell of an arm. So does Derek Carr, but Derek Carr is a far cry from Ben Roethlisberger. So should we draft, Noel, anybody on the Oakland Raiders? I would not. I would take a flyer on Josh Jacobs, who is their rookie running back from Alabama, because he is he can run the ball, he can catch the ball. But I don't even know. This, we're so early into the preseason. Last I saw, he still hadn't signed a contract with him. So I would basically take a flyer on Antonio Brown and on Josh Jacobs. But, Mike, to your larger point about uh, catching a pass from a, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback i work with a guy who played high school football with jake locker and for those of Mm. you who remember jake locker had a short but crappy career in tennessee because he got just beat to a pulp that's kind of where we find ourselves with Derek Carr. the offensive line in front of him is terrible so he's getting pummeled and if you watched him last year he does not look downfield which does not bode well for a great all-around wide receiver like antonio brown and the line is not any better, which makes it weird to say that Richie Incognito is actually an upgrade. I know it sounds weird, but he upgrades the line. That line is that bad. Um, yeah, I would basically focus on Antonio Brown for the right price, Josh Jacobs if he signs, and punter Johnny Townsend. Okay, very good. Now let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles where apparently big dick Nick Foles is on. <laughs> So is Golden Tate and Jay Ajay. Now, here's something interesting. Deshaun Jackson, He's back, back in Philly. I mean, he was tearing it up in where else? The Washington and down in Tampa Bay. Yep. I mean, this dude's got a, this dude's a speedster. Even at age 32, I think he's got some uh, wheels on him. So, especially with Carson Wentz's arm and the fact that Zach Ertz is such a good receiving oh, tight yeah. end, he might actually pull some, um, pull some uh, whatever you call them, receivers, Defensive receivers, what are those called? Cornerbacks? That draw people off of, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Good Lord. My brain is just like, it happens. don't <laughs> get brain cells tonight, you douche. All right. Anyways, 
Philadelphia Eagles. There are probably some players we want here. Who do we want? Zach Ertz, Carson Wentz, Sean Jackson, and the kicker Jake Elliott, who can tackle like a motherfucker. And <laughs> That's true. Players to watch, whoever, because this is how Washington, not Washington, Philadelphia. I told you, Mike, it just happens. Um, this is how Philadelphia works in current years. Whoever is kind of the hot hand at running back is who you want to have. We just don't, don't know who that's going to be. They do have Chicago Bear, or former Chicago Bear, Jordan Howard, and uh, Saquon Barkley's backup at Penn State, Miles Sanders. So we'll see how that shakes out there. And the defense, even though I think he's a clown under Jim Schwartz, uh, is pretty good. So I'd watch them. But yeah, like as you said, Ertz, Wentz, Jackson, Elliott. Other than that, eh, just keep watching. Very good. In fact, I was just looking up Jake Elliott while you're talking, Noel. Uh, he's 192 on ESPN's draft list, which, in doing the math, ESPN believes almost half of the kickers you should draft ahead of Eli Manning. Keep that in your back pocket. Keep that in your back pocket, folks. Anybody drafts Eli Manning, just don't. Just draft him and drop him just for the shit of it. So at any rate, uh, we're going on to the Steelers. We talked about they lost two of their big players, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. They got Dante Moncrief, but he was <laughs> not even anywhere close to anybody's expectations when he came into the league. In I always forget he's a thing. I know. I mean, it, I'll never forget Alfred Williams here in Colorado was talking about him nonstop on the uh, radio before the draft, and he was picked up by uh, the Colts. Yep. And because he's got the physicality, he's got the size, and should have the ability to be he like does. a Demarius Thomas. That's who he was equating him to, but he just hasn't. And if you've got a guy like Andrew Luck throwing to you and you still can't be like a Demarius Thomas type, then I'm, I'm sorry. The, the skills that you had in college just are not translating to the pro level. I'm sorry about that. So having looked at all that, Steelers, I mean, there are some brand names here. Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Schuster. Um, and then Connor, should we get anybody else besides those three? No. Um, I'd watch Moncrief and maybe like to see who else could be like, because they do draft some explosive receivers, but no, Mike, you're you're right on point. Roethlisberger, Schuster, and James Conner are the guys that you want to have. Everyone else after that, I don't know if you want to target the draft. Okay, very good. Let's let's go to the uh, West Coast again with 49ers here. I think we can easily say that your, your thing, Skittles, George Kittle, is the only guy you want here because they've got a three-headed demon in the backfield, which, I mean, it's hurt. Any, yeah, they get hurt. They're going to poach each other's uh, rushing yards there between um, – gosh, I can't remember their names here. Oh, it's uh, Matt Kevin Coleman, Matt Breida, and Jarek McKinnon. Yep. Of the three, I like McKinnon a lot, and I like Coleman too. Actually, I like all three of those guys. But you're not going to see them on my team. I hate running back by committee. I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. So I think the only thing you're going to want to pick from the 49ers is Skittles, and if you are desperate for a flyer quarterback, Garoppolo. What do you think, Noel? Same, same. Um, I don't think Garoppolo get his knee blown out early this year, but also who knows? But Skittles, yeah, Skittles is a he's a top you know, top tier flight end, flight end, tight end. What the fuck? He's a flight end. All right, all right. Let's go to your um, current hometown, Noel, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, gone are some interesting players from the backfield, Earl Thomas and Coleman. Is there anybody? Oh, and for Frank Clark. Um, what should we add up in Seattle? Basically, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, uh, Chris Carson, 
But the backfield here is kind of a mishmash. Will Disley, who, Mike, you very smartly picked up last year, looks like a blocking tight end and just kind of came on. And I think he's going to be good. A player just to keep an eye out for, although be very careful, is DK Metcalf. He is already turning heads up here, beating players in practice. He's big. He's fast. He can catch stunts off all. He can catch balls. Um, so watch okay. out for him. I think the defense will be better. Like as you talked about before, this is a bad division, so defense might be kind of good. And punter, Michael Dixon. Not because oh, they're going to be punting the ball a lot, but Michael Dixon punts the ball really far, and they occasionally use him on fakes. So it gives you some really cool fake punt points. Ooh, sweet. Okay, let's go down to the Tampa Bay Bullpine uh, Days. <laughs> Looks like they cleaned house. Yes, and they, they did. got some interesting people in there. So what what should we be looking at here first? Um, so Bruce Arians and his hats are now in town, and he'll be cursing a lot using... You should probably take this out, Mike. Coded racial language. Actually, please take that out. I don't want that in there. <laughs> um, he'll be using racial epithets we didn't think existed for the past 60 years. Um, and the defense will be better. The offense will be better. But they still have Jameis Winston. But mm. he's throwing to Mike Evans. He's throwing to OJ Mayo. What really bothers me with this defense, the defense team, is that they didn't really upgrade at running back. So... I'm curious to see if they will get better or if they're just waiting it out. So I think this team will be about the same as last year, but they basically brought in Bruce Arians to give Jameis Winston a make or break year. So this will be a lot of throwing, a lot of just everything flowing through Jameis Winston. So he might be a guy to watch out for, but it's going to go good really fast and then bad. Or start off slow, then go good, then go bad, or might be good the whole time. It's just it's going to be a tough thing to watch. Um, and from that, they did let go of, as you said, Mike Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys, who was surprisingly good last year at wide receiver. So watch who emerges there behind Mike Evans. But this is a really a rough team, fantasy wise, to watch. Got it. Let's go to the last two teams here, who I don't think we're going to have a lot of fantasy. No. Well. All right, Noel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test you here. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to prep. I want you to do Tennessee and Washington in 30 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one, go. For Tennessee, watch to see if Derrick Henry is healthy. If not, please keep a lookout for Deion Lewis. Their kicker, Ryan Sucker, had a great year last year. They have wide receiver Adam Humphreys in this year. Mar- Marcus Merdio is in another that, excuse me, is also in a make it or break it year. Defense should be good, even though they're kind of crappy. To the skins, uh, I don't know. This team is going to be pretty crappy. Watch for Darius Geis, Adam, Adam, Adrian Peterson, Jordan Reed, and from there, no. Damn, nice. That was 29 seconds. Well done, Noel. Well you done, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that covers all of the NFL and the fantasy-relevant things for the Mile High Champions League. Granted, I'm sure... Everyone being with ESPN has looked at the PPR cheat sheets. They've got this new great depth chart cheat sheet and all that kind of stuff. So do your research. Um, have some fun with this. I think we've, we've definitely covered it from our perspective as the way that we see the world here. Because, uh, you know, as much as the fantasy gurus talk about the way that they see it, we're, we're really looking at this from a Mile High Champions League perspective. So take it as you will. Take it with a grain of salt. Noel and I are clearly not experts. 
uh, but we do love talking about it. So, Noel, uh, I think that wraps up our kind of long first show. This will be a long one to get the ball rolling because we have to cover 32 teams yep. here. But is there anything else that you wanted to cover in tonight's podcast? No, no. Um, I think we got it all under control, at least the best we could. If you do have any questions, uh, email Mike or myself. i kind of busy. I'll try and give you my best advice. But from there, just I look forward to having fun with everybody this season. And uh, hopefully the Broncos won't be crap. But we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we will see. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of the Mile High Champions League. This is something I look forward to every single year. I thank you, Noel, for being a part of the podcast and for being on this uh, wonderful journey with me. And good luck to everyone on the 2019 season. Noel, send us out. Go Broncos! Good night, everyone. Oh.